Welcome to Vaginas, Vulvas, and Vibrators with Jordan Donnell. This is a safe place to learn about women's health and sexual wellness. I'm your host, Jordan Donnell, physician assistant, women's sexual health educator, and intimacy coach. Joining me today is a special guest to talk all about fibroids for Fibroid Awareness Month. This episode, we are covering what are fibroids, what kinds of symptoms you might have with fibroids, treatment option availables, and a holistic approach to managing your fibroids. This episode is very interesting, and I cannot wait for you to listen. Before we get into today's episode, I want to tell you about a project I have been working on. I have a free masterclass coming up, Three Secrets to Attract Your Partner Using Orgasm. I am so looking forward to telling you all about orgasmic manifestation and how to use your orgasm to attract a partner. This masterclass is going on July 21st at 7 p.m. Eastern or 4 p.m. Pacific. To sign up, go to masterclass.jordandonnell.com. I cannot wait for you to join me for this super juicy masterclass. Joining me today is Phyllis, the fibroid queen. She is a speaker, registered nurse, fibroid awareness advocate, fitness yoga coach, and Phyllis is one of the 80% of women affected by fibroids. She uses a mindset approach to wellness with a proven system that combines yoga, fitness, and nutrition to help achieve ultimate symptom management of fibroids. Phyllis is on a mission to help millions of women end their suffering from uterine fibroids through her womb wellness program. Phyllis, would you like to go ahead and tell us a little bit more about yourself? Yeah, absolutely. So I got to thank you, first of all, Jordan, for having me on your platform. This is so amazing and so divine how we connected. But again, my name is Phyllis, founder of Fibroid Queen. And as a nurse, fitness and yoga coach, and also a functional practitioner. I coach and empower women on how to eat, move, and think to prevent and or manage uterine fibroids to live their best mindfully. I love that because there is so much that we can do for women who have fibroids that traditional medicine really doesn't talk about and doesn't address. And in traditional medicine, we just want to throw a pill at somebody or take their uterus out and call it a day when really there are other options that we should be talking about. So what are fibroids? Yeah, that's a good question. So fibroids are non-cancerous tumors. And let me repeat, they're non-cancerous. So they can grow in around the uterus, in and around the uterus, and they can be as small as a, a pea, um, to as large as a, a grapefruit. It, it just depends. And it's crazy. Up to 80% of women will have these masses on their uterus or in their uterus, but 20% actually, up to 20% actually experience symptoms. So fibroid symptoms can be anywhere from bloating, anemia, low energy, heavy cycle, as well as pain. Those are the most common triggers. It's not limited to that, but it's really a silent pandemic that a lot of women are dealing with. And it's the rate how it's happening. It's actually 
personally, I feel like it's growing, especially among our younger women with the, the environment that we live in. But I know we'll get more into it. But um, yeah, up to 80% of women will get it and up to 20% actually experience those symptoms that I described. Yeah, I've had a lot of patients with fibroids and friends that have fibroids. And commonly what I see is that heavy bleeding is the most common type of symptom and irregular menstrual bleeding. So not just their five to seven days, sometimes it's all month long. What, as far as like the different types of fibroids, so there's going to be submucosal. Ooh, you want to run me through the different types of fibroids? Yes. So there's main types of fibroids. There are about four different types. It can be anywhere from inside the, the uterus to the outside. Submucosal is the fibroids that grow just below the thin layer of tissue found in the uterus. Okay. With that one, it can be more so bleeding as a main symptom. I mean, and it's different for everyone, but just saying. And then the second one is intramural. They are grown within the uterine wall. And this is the most common type of fibroid. And then subseroso is grown on the outside of the uterus. And that's the type of fibroid that I have. And for most, that is going to come to play with the neighboring organs and more of the, the location and proximity to the organs around it. And that is a type of fibroid that would least likely affect pregnancy versus the other ones. And then as far as pendiculated fibroids, I also have that. It's more of how they grow. So from the uterus. So it may be hanging like on a stalk and that can be inside or outside the uterus. And you refer to that as pendiculated. So you think about a tree stalk, right? And they attach to the uterine wall and uh, grow either, again, outside or inside the uterus. So those are kind of really the, the, the four types. And it's really crucial. Like during my consultations with clients, I ask them, do you know the size and location of the fibroid? Because it's really important. It can give you a lot of feedback on what they're experiencing. And also if pregnancy is something that they're looking to do and what treatment options, right? So- and that is so important in the work that I do right now. I'm working in fertility. And one of the major things that we do is look at the uterine cavity. Is there anything in the way that would potentially prevent pregnancy from attaching? And we do see those fibroids happening a lot inside the uterine cavity as well as outside. And it can impact pregnancy. So it's definitely something to take a further look at. When it comes to pregnancy, usually they're going to want to remove them so that an embryo or a fetus can attach. But outside of pregnancy, what types of treatment options are there for these fibroids? Yeah. And, you know, I want to piggyback. That's a great question. Piggyback on what you said. Personally, just on this journey and on the research I've done and the experience I have, there is things that can happen that may not be documented. And I've seen a lot of that where from women eliminating their fibroids naturally to being able to conceive with fibroids and knowing that sometimes it's just very dependent of the woman. And I feel like their mindset can play a huge role, but I just want women to kind of 
get with what I'm describing as a way of knowing that your fate is not limited to, you know, a doctor's recommendation or a piece of paper. Just want you to know that sometimes it just comes with you following your heart and making an informed decision on what you feel. So, but as you said, Jordan, in regards to the treatment options, that that was your question, right? Yes, it was. Treatment options. So that's a good segue. When it comes to treatment options, there's so there's quite a few now. I mean, 12 years when I was diagnosed, this wasn't the case. You know, the standard treatment was getting cut open with a myomectomy so they can go in and remove the fibroids off the uterus. But these days, there's other options from UFE, Assessa, where you don't need to be cut open. It could be just going through a artery and being able to for the doctors to go in and really just kind of get the blood supply of the the major fibroid and they degenerate that way. Now it does not remove them completely, something to keep in mind. And also it is a, an option to have discussion with your doctor, especially with what your goals are. So that's a minimally invasive procedure as well as I think there's a SESA. So there's quite a few options out there where myomectomy, or losing your uterus with a hysterectomy does not have to be the number one option. I mean, honestly, hysterectomy should not be even talked about at all because we have so many options out there and we got to get out of the old way of thinking that since we're not having children or you don't want to deal with the symptoms anymore, you just take out an organ. And the organ's there for a reason. So if we can address the root problems of what's going on with the hormonal imbalance feeding these fibroids to grow to begin with, we can get a lot further. And that's my take on the treatment options. And that's why personally for me, I never went that direction and just handling it naturally. And, you know, knowing that I started with, I was diagnosed 12 years ago with a quarter size fibroid now, and then it went up to four fibroids, the largest one being nine centimeters. So size of mango. So they are considered large. And then now being on this journey holistically, and that's what I help women do is it's the surgery or procedure or drug is not the end all be all. These days, it has to be more of a functional approach outside of whatever you choose, because for most women, this is a chronic condition. I mean, you go get these fibroids taken care of, and then they grow back or they manifest into something else. That's what I would say when it comes to treatment is that that's fine. You know, figure out what treatment works for you. Talk to your doctor, get some guidance, do your own research, but also figure out what changes you can make on your own. And that comes with a personalized regimen. And that's what I help women do is to figure out through lifestyle changes, as well as mindset coaching, how to change the internal terrain that is rooting inflammation in the body that is kind of the stemming cause of fibroids. So treatment options, they're minimal invasive. There's a lot of options out. Talk with your doctor, join groups like wound wellness communities, something that I do to get to talking with other women to get some you know, encouragement. Also look beyond lifestyle changes and see what you can start to let go of that's not helping you. Lack of exercise, anxiety, stress, 
those are like triggers. So, yeah. I love that. And it's a really good point about a doctor's recommendation is not the end all be all like that applies to so many areas of life and that, yeah, we, yes, we can throw a pill at something and cover up the problem, but are we getting to the root of it? And are we actually changing the problem? Diabetes is a great example of this in that we've got tons of medication, but if you are willing to make the diet and exercise changes, you don't need the medication. You might need it to help you get it under control initially, but if you make those changes, you don't need it. But for a lot of people, making those changes is not easy. It's very, very difficult. And that's where somebody like you comes into play, where you've got the mindset coaching that goes with that, because it's a hard journey for sure. And you mentioned a couple of procedures, the artery cutting ones. I've actually never heard of those before. And that sounds so interesting. So does that basically just cut off the blood flow and theoretically it just kind of dies since it's no longer being supplied? Pretty much. It pretty much dies. And the thing is, it may be different for some women. It may be going from, you know, a 10 centimeter fibroid to an eight centimeter fibroid, right? And that's all that happens. But keep in mind that when you look at fibroids, you really want to measure it like a cube, right? So you have a bottle of water, right? So you pour it out, it's going to be the same size, right? But what's in it is going to be different. So that's what you have to kind of look at when it comes to uterine fibroids. It's more of so the what's entailed in it and the structure of it changes when it degenerates, but it still may be in there. And that's what women need to know that they don't necessarily disappear. And the thing is, you know, up to 80% of women will have fibroids and then up to 20% of them would have symptoms. So a lot of us women are walking around here with fibroid lesions on our uterus, but don't even know it. So it just tells you it's, you can live a life of fibroids with fibroids and not have any symptoms, right? And it can also tell you that when you do get a myomectomy, which is a standard treatment for women with fibroids that want to become pregnant soon, that depending what you said earlier, Jordan, where the fibroids are, they may not get them all out. That's something you want to keep in mind. So really knowing the skill level of the surgeon, seeing how many procedures they've done, how comfortable they are, and what are they telling you? If they're telling you, oh, you know what, just get a hysterectomy, but you know, that may be, in other words, you know what, this is too complicated. I would rather just take the whole thing out. And I've seen that countless of times with my clients, even myself. So just know that Again, these surgeries and procedures are not the end-all be-all. You have to do some work outside of that. And a lot of women need support on that. And then that's why this has just been a new passion for me with, you know, being able to get through my own journey. So I love that. And we are going to get so much more into that. Before we get into that, I'm curious, how do you find a provider who is skilled to do these types of surgeries, but then also maybe more open-minded to talk about alternative treatment options? That's a great question, Jordan. And I would say you you are, you know, interviewing 
a teammate, right? Not a manager, right? Not someone to own your care, but you're interviewing a teammate to be on your team. So I would say do as many interviews as possible and really have your questions ready and your goals ready and see how that doctor resonates with you. Knowing that, you know what, I want to go this route and I would like your support on it. What's your thoughts on that? And seeing how they respond and what rapport you develop with them. Another thing is to possibly have a holistic practitioner, a naturopathic functional practitioner on the side somewhere, right? Giving you some, you know, background information on hormones and stress and kind of where you're at in regards to your gut health and things like that is something that you want to have. So what I do is I help my clients work with their doctors, right? We don't work against them because we do need the medical system. There is a purpose for it, but I work with the doctor and my client with self-advocacy and also, you know, kind of connect the dots of things that are constantly being missed in the doctor's office. And we as women, sometimes we just don't even know. We don't know and we don't ask the questions. So if you don't know, they don't know. And not everything is being missed. So the thing is with uterine fibroids, there's a big factor when it comes to inflammation, not only with this, but so many other conditions you mentioned, diabetes, autoimmune issues. So it's like getting a hold of the inflammation. That's what surgery does not fix. So you have to address your internal terrain, your gut health. You have to revamp that so that you're not continuously being a breeding ground for different disease in the body. So when it comes to looking for our practitioners, our doctors, you know, do the interview process, go through ones that you resonate with and make your a good choice. Secondly, it's good to have some type of functional provider, you know, just available to have in case you have additional questions as doctors only do so many tests and things like that. And third, I would join a support group, sisterhood community, where you can start talking with women, making, getting some recommendations, suggestions, and then building your medical base like that. I love that. And interestingly enough, what you don't know about me yet is that I am a huge fan of diet and exercise for reducing inflammation, especially related to like autoimmune disease. Like I'm all for that. So I am really excited to actually talk more about that with you. Do you kind of want to tell me a little bit about like what inflammation in the body does and how to decrease that for most people? Yeah, absolutely. So the thing is, inflammation is rooted through a collective amount of things that we're doing. And I believe it starts very, very young. And sometimes generational patterns and repeated things that are passed down to us, and it could be passed down energetically when we're born. Energy transference is huge. So all of that, and then our environment, and then the food that we're eating, the stress collectively can really throw our body out of balance. And the more out of balance it is, the more stress that causes the body's alignment. And what can happen is so much of that is taken by the cells. And if cellular repair is not happening through rest, through immune system being cultivated through nutritious foods, sleep, you know, the things that we need to do for our bodies to be in harmony. Cells start to mutate themselves. And again, that's rooted by inflammation. And once they mutate themselves, they are not 
adequate cells. You know, they're like an imposter. And that can start to, it'll kind of translate into preclinical fibroids over time, that mutation. And then there's another component is our gut. Okay. So our gut for most is really kind of fighting a lot of the foods that we're eating. So it's like our bodies are not knowing what to do with the food. It's actually not even the food anymore. It's not the food, it's not the diet, but what your body's doing with the food. And that's what we're running into. We're running into more allergies, more skin issues. And something that really is high is leaky gut. And that is where there's yeast in the body and then these these different types of proteins uh, for most, gluten, wheat, the, the body inside of the the gut, you think about a shag rug, right? The rug has all these little layers to it. Well, when the body is exposed to so much immune-causing dysfunction, like gluten, wheat, stress, whatever, those the shag rug gets damaged, right? And that's what's moving the the absorption of foods and things like that. So you think about it. You're not absorbing, right? You're not. You're getting malnutrition. You're not getting the vitamins you need. The cells are not functioning, and your body is running in high amounts of yeast, leaky gut, and leaky gut is what is precursor of your body just literally attacking itself and creating more disease. So that is also going on, and you know, just learning more as a functional practitioner. How fi- having fibroids, you're in that, you're in somewhere in that little leaky gut immune system dysfunction. And where you're at, we don't know, right? That's what we need to unlayer and find out. And that's what I help you with. But, you know, Jordan, that's where it's like connecting the dots between this whole inflammation thing. So you go get your surgery to remove the fibroids, but yet you haven't fixed this. And then two, three years later, your fibroids grow back. If they don't grow back, it's something else. So yeah, it's like a puzzle. Yeah. And leaky gut is so under talked about in the medical community. It is a big deal that is affecting us. And my understanding of it is basically that we have our lining in our GI tract and the cells, rather than being close to each other, kind of separate and bad, quote, bad bacteria, bad things that cause inflammation get through into our body and they can affect our mood. They can affect our thought process. They can affect our thyroid. They can affect everything. So many things. And you definitely just inspired me to do a podcast episode on leaky gut because I think that we need to talk about it more. Are you, do you typically recommend like avoiding gluten, dairy, soy, grains in nuts yeah, so I typically do wheat, soy for I I, I keep soy kind of open to the the person, but for everyone, wheat, gluten, and dairy. Those are my three things that when I first get clients on is to either eliminate it right away or start to minimize to eliminate. Absolutely. Those I have thyroid issues that run in my family and I've read like the autoimmune solution and a lot of those books that talk about all of this. And I try to follow the gluten-free, dairy-free primarily, and then some additional things in addition to that. But those are my two just to help with my thyroid function alone. And I can personally speak to how much better I feel when I follow that. But I can tell you that my family who follows that diet, 
they feel so much better too. And so I know that, yes, we're talking about fibroids and I know that this works for other areas as well. When it comes to exercise, what types of exercise do you find are best for reducing your inflammation and working to help improve your fibroids? Yeah. So womb wellness workouts is something I created to really cultivate a mindful, integrative, and functional approach when it comes to physical activity. I came from the world of bodybuilding and, you know, heavy weight training, HIIT training. I mean, the whole works, going hard or you go home, right? And, you know, in fibroids progressing after that and seeing how there was a non-consideration of my whole midsection of my body, like amount of weights I was lifting and not breathing properly, the amount of jumping I was doing, not being aware of my pelvic floor, the the stress I was thinking of how I had needed to be this size to get on stage, body image issues. So being able to switch all that around and focus on exercises that promoted breathing that are womb-centric, right? Increasing the strength of the pelvic floor. Also, that help foster mind-body connection. So these exercises are anywhere from weight training to HIIT training, but it, it, it's all intentional. And these exercises or this workout program does consider our energy level, our hormonal status, if we're pooping every day, if we're sleeping, if we are, you know, depending on our anemia levels, that is all considered versus traditional workouts. That's something that is not looked at. And it's more so a cookie cutter type of thing that you just kind of do for so long and then you switch it up. But when it comes to wellness workouts, it's really personalized to the women. And that way we can tailor our unique abilities and strengths and that can promote healing. So I have women that virtually train with me. We I do uh, four, four, to, four to six training slots a week, and it's group training, all women usually with fibroids or autoimmune issues, and I am their coach. We do an hour of training, womb wellness workouts, and it's really aimed to help them get to the resistant fat, usually with hormonal um, dysfunction. You have some resistant fat that does not respond sometimes to traditional exercising because you're not you know, really getting to the sleep, right? The stress, those things that are making the fat resistant. Secondly is these exercises help improve the strength of around the hips. We have a lot of stagnation here as women and being able to release that with different movements can help activate emotional dis-ease as well. And then last, foster body awareness through breathing properly. And I teach my clients to do uh, diaphragmatic breathing we're using a lot more of their muscles that have been kind of not used at all and just breathing shallow, but using more muscles that can help with energy. So they're not um, so tired with these type of exercises as a lot of women with fibroids do have heavy bleeding. So being conscious of that. So those are, that's kind of what the, my philosophy is on wellness workouts. And that's how it can help alleviate some of the symptoms associated with it, uterine fibroids. I love that. And do your workouts kind of take into consideration how like during the menstrual cycle, maybe being more like in the yoga type state and then doing more hit during the follicular phase 
in ovulation and then kind of more relaxation during the luteal phase? Absolutely. And I do notice that that is very adjustable. So I give my the women the training of how to identify what workouts to do because as they move on in my program, they start to get better where their energy goes up. So that way they can do more. So yes, I do recommend if you are a heavy, you have heavy cycles and you're on your cycle is to do maybe a workout that's more stretching and maybe a little bit of cardio, depending on where you are. But yeah, I definitely want to tone it down. So we're not making things worse. Yeah. I love that. That's something that I learned about more recently in the flow book. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that one where I did not realize how much our hormones changed with our menstrual cycle that changes our energy level, changes our strength, just everything and how much it truly affects our everyday being. And it's interesting though, for me, like during my menstrual cycle, I have a ton of energy in the gym, but very limited energy outside of the gym. It's very strange. Yeah. Totally counterintuitive to what is normal for most people. Something I wanted to touch on is risk factors for fibroids. Do you want to mention some of the common risk factors that you see with getting fibroids? Yeah. So based on research, risk factors are age, African-American race, obesity, family history, high blood pressure, vitamin D deficiency is a big culprit and no history of pregnancy. So that's what research says. But personally, just based on my experience and the clients I've seen, I've kind of developed my own philosophy of it. And it has a lot to do with epigenetics and knowing that we are in more in control of our genetic destiny than what has been taught to us. So knowing that my mom had uterine fibroids did not necessarily mean that I had to get fibroids. I was passed down the gene, but somehow it was triggered. The gun was pulled for me to start experiencing the symptoms and things like that. And I know that had a lot to do with my stress, anxiety, and all that stuff. Because my sister, we have same both parents, she does not have uterine fibroids. So to say that it's a family history, I just don't feel it's necessarily true. Things are changing and we have to get out of the old ways of thinking and know that if our environment is conducive to our body's harmony, as well as the food we're eating, the way we're thinking, it could be a major prevention in repeating the generational path. So I really kind of go away from the research and just know that from personal experience that there's a lot of factors that add on to our the inflammation in our body. And we have control of changing that by getting on a personalized lifestyle regimen. Also, you know, our thoughts and emotions, right? So if your thoughts create your reality and your thoughts are always consumed by negativity, you're emotionally distressed, your body's going to perceive you're in a stressful environment and will act as that. And that can create uh, chaos and dis-ease. So I say all this to say this, stay empowered. Stay empowered to know that you can change the game for your genetic destiny and your daughters do not have to end up with fibroids just because you did. I love that. And I'm a huge person that believes in manifestation and kind of controlling your destiny. And I think that 
there's a lot to be said in mindset and things like that. So this has been so wonderful and very educational. I love it. If the listeners take one thing away from today's conversation, what would you want it to be? Yeah, the hot question. So I would want to say, you know, there are currently treatment options for surge for uterine fibroids. There are, you know, more support groups out there than I even imagined back when I was diagnosed. But prevention and management of uterine fibroids can really not have to make this a chronic condition. I've seen women uh, that come to me three, four myomectomies in, and they're like, oh, I'm getting ready for my fifth one. I'm like, (laughs) so just to think that I was able to relieve 80% of my symptoms through this regimen that I created, I'm hoping to give women some inspiration to know that you can do something about this. And if you're going to make that informed decision and, you know, you know, get the, the surgery or medication or a procedure, just know that there's still more work to be done and you want to prevent this from growing back. You want to prevent this from manifesting into something else that has to do with your gut health. So jumping on a program from, you know, if you're able to invest in something that resonates with you to help you really stay on focus of changing your lifestyle. And Jordan, as you know, what's growing nowadays is people that have been through the journey and now turning that pain into passion and in teaching others, right? And that's what I do because it took me 12 years to figure it out. And joining my program, it doesn't have to take that long. So I want women to know that, you know what, it's beyond just getting them removed. You really want to focus on you as a woman. What's, what is something that you're not doing? Are you living the life that you want right now? Are you comfortable at the job that you're at? Do you feel like you should be doing this? All of those factors in our feminine divinity, if there's conflict in that, that's going to stagnate whatever's going on in our womb. That's a stagnation. So if you're not living the life that you want as a woman, you know, having those those factors of compassion for yourself and treating yourself like a queen that you are, then that energy is going to get in the way and cause disconnection somewhere in your body. So it's beyond just the fibroids, but really who you are. Are you living your true self? I love that. And when are you writing a book about all of this? Because I feel like I have not seen any books on this and so many women could really benefit from a book about fibroids and all of this. Oh my gosh, Jordan. You know, this is just so divine because I was just talking to my editor yesterday and it's coming out soon. That reminds me of what I was going to say is that, you know, for women that are listening to this, why spend 12 years trying to figure out how to feel better and feel good in your body when you can find ways to get there faster? And I've learned that a lot like with my business. Why spend years and years and years of, you know, think, yes, I'm going to say failing or struggling, but why spend years trying to get somewhere when somebody else has already done it and I can learn so much faster and get to where I want to be in a much faster 
time frame. And it's, it's the same with this. And so, yes, I hope that, you know, I haven't seen anything else out there like what you do for women. And I think that they can definitely get a lot of good information from you. So where can the listeners find you at? Yeah. So I do a lot of education on Instagram at Fibroid Queen. If not YouTube, I'm on there as well as my website, www.fibroidqueen.com. I have an email list. I um, do send out educational emails every so often and downloads just for to help you get started with something. And if you're looking for more support questions, feel free to schedule a consultation with me. That's usually my start because I just want to hear your story. You know, I don't want to hear your medical history. That's what your doctor's for, but I want to hear your story and where you are right now. So, yeah. I love that. And I am excited to have your information in my back pocket for future patients that I see who have fibroids. Cause there's definitely a handful that pop into my head right now where it's like, man, I wish I would have had this information six months ago, nine months ago, because they would have truly benefited from this. So thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today. I really appreciate it. This has been wonderful. So thank you. Thank you so much, Jordan, for bringing this to your following. (laughs) This episode is sponsored by Pure Romance by Jordan Jones, offering top bath and beauty products and relationship enhancement items. Check out the link in the bio to start shopping today. By shopping, you are supporting this podcast. Thank you for joining today and continuing to bring awareness to women's health. If you love the show, please subscribe so you never miss another episode and leave a review for others to see. If you want to see me on the daily, you can check out my bio for links to all my pages. Be sure to share this episode with your girlfriends. Thanks again and see you next episode.